there's thousands of people out there still thinking about doing it. So I think just getting out there and taking that action is so crucial. And if someone gives you information like this and tells you that it's possible, just go out there and try it. Best ever listeners, before today's episode, I want to invite you to join us in Keystone, Colorado, February 20th through 22nd. It is the 2020 Best Ever Conference. And not only do I want to invite you to join us, I want to invite you to earn 15% for every ticket that you're responsible for selling should you join as an affiliate for the conference. Great way to earn money. And also, if you're planning on attending, great way to pay for your ticket, essentially. You get enough sales. So you can go to BEC20.com. And in the top left corner, it says earn 15% as an affiliate. You can click that, join the affiliate program, and you got all the resources that you need to share the good word about the Best Ever Conference in Keystone, Colorado. And we will be talking more about this on future episodes. But for now, go check out BEC20.com and that affiliate page. You can earn 15% as an affiliate, and we will see you in Keystone, Colorado. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today, Joe McCabe. How you doing, Joe? Hey, good, Joe. How are you? I am doing well and looking forward to our conversation a little bit more about Joe. He's a real estate broker in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware. He's the owner of Remax Experts, Home Front Mortgage, Keystone State Abstract LLC, and Allstate Insurance Company. He's a U.S. Army vet, and Home Front Mortgage is a nationally growing and expanding mortgage broker, opening nine interstate locations, adding millions in volume, based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So, with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. You hit on most of it. I'm pretty much invested in real estate in almost every way, except for buying paper. We also have currently about 120 units in our portfolio. We're adding another 300 by January. They're already under contract. So we've got a significant real estate portfolio. And then right now we have 71 realtors out of our Philadelphia Remax office. And nationwide, we're opening a little over 13 offices. Most of them are already in licensing. And we're basically creating joint ventures with other real estate brokers on the mortgage company to provide them with some ancillary income. So yeah, that's the big piece of it. I kind of got started in real estate as a salesperson with Keller Williams. Mm -hmm. And I realized quickly on and and mainly in the army that I don't think I'm good at working for other people. So <laughs> I decided the I army, decided will, the I, army will make that come to the surface it, very quickly. I they think. made that come clear. And luckily I got a good job real quick. I became a military police investigator. So we kind of got to work on our own and I was in a smaller unit and there weren't as many egos. So <laughs> it was less frustrating for me. Now I just got out of the military in January. So I'm all done with them. When I started with Keller Williams about five or six years ago, I saw the scalability in real estate. So I started my title company. I did all the normal things that kind of a broker does. Started title company, started the insurance company. Almost fell for recruiting to the downline thing, but then I realized I should just own my own brokerage. Mm -hmm. So my next step was to buy a Remax, open up my own franchise, and then the doors really opened for me. And I realized there were so many things that I was still missing out on. And that's when we created our own mortgage company and then eventually all state insurance title and everything else. And then I started buying property. And I think that maybe that's probably the most important thing I could tell your listeners about today was everything that we've purchased on the real estate side was seller financed wow. at one point. 
and we very quickly refinanced out of that seller finance debt. But I've just been really, really good at finding those deals and making that attractive to the sellers and kind of building a level of trust there. And partly that's because my exit strategy is performed by the mortgage company that I own. So that's attractive to them, of course. And now we have a track record of almost 400 units where this has been done or is in the process of being done. So that's always been cool. Will you elaborate a little bit on what you mentioned earlier where you said you started a title company, started an insurance company, and you almost started recruiting for the downline thing, but instead you opened up your own brokerage? Oh, yeah. Recruiting to your downline in Keller Williams is kind of like one of the models. And the EXP model to that is maybe a little more attractive. Will you just elaborate? What's that mean, recruiting? Oh, oh, sorry. So what Keller Williams does is if you recruit someone to Keller Williams and they join, you can make residual income based on that agent's income for the next okay. few years. So you, you'll get like a percentage of all the deals they close of the company dollar. And I, I think EXP does something similar to that as well. But I realized I was like, yeah, I guess I could do this or I could just start my own company and keep 15, 20% and then get title insurance, mortgage and everything else and build a real team. But it's a way to build residual income. And then I kind of mimicked a lot of what Keller is doing, Keller Williams in a less watered down way because they have so many agents. And I offer shares in our Allstate insurance company, and I offer a recruiting incentive. They just get a 1% commission if they recruit someone off the top of all that agent's deals forever. And they never really have to do anything. Just set a meeting with me and I'll close the deal. So it's plain and simple. But I just realized in the real estate industry, one, if you have a real estate company, there's so many other things that you need to tap into. And there's so much income that you really don't have to do if you set it up right. I have a partner that runs each and every single ancillary company that we have, and we still keep most of the profit. And then not only that, but obviously being a broker, there's a lot of deals on the MLS. And a lot of times you'll find deals, you'll get calls for listings or other agents will put out listings pre MLS that kind of gives you an early look at some of these deals that you could access. Mm -hmm. So what I just realized is I could have my hand in so many pots, but not really have to do any extra work and really build, I hate to say passive income because Nothing's really passive, right. but income where I don't really have to do as much work. Sure. And really, that is owning properties and then having a title company and everything else. The realtors, they drive me nuts, though. They get the call. <laughs> we clearly need to talk about the 120 units and the seller finance deals. Before we do, though, you did pique my curiosity when you said the insurance company you got all they need to do, someone within your team set up an interview with a prospective new team member you'll close a deal and then they get 1%, right? That's what you said? Yeah, exactly. So, so I tell my realtors, it's well, like, hey, I don't well, want you focused on that. But. Right, right, right. I, get, I get that. But my question is, how do you close that deal? As far as recruiting and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, I'm just so we, curious. We have, What's um, your approach? We have some pretty attractive value adds in the company. And obviously one of them is the agent's ability to buy into the Allstate Insurance Company at a very low fee right off the bat. So that's attractive to them because a lot of times if you're a realtor, you kind of have that investor mindset, or at least you should because you're about to be (laughs) self-employed. So (laughs) you should have it. Sometimes they don't, and that's why they don't work out. But they have that option coming into it. So that's one of our value adds. Secondly, we start everybody at 85% commission, and then they're capped at $15,600. So once they pay the company $15,600, they go to 100% commission. And that's about half of what everybody else is in our industry. So that makes it an easier sell for me. And when you have all the ancillary services, 
you can do that. So they like that. They like that we have in-house mortgage. That's a huge selling point. The loan officers are right there. They can build relationships with them. I also provide all the realtors with leads, performance-based leads. So the faster, the more responsive they are, the more leads they get. Some of my realtors get 25 to 30 leads a week. Again, now they're getting leads with essentially no risk. If they don't work, it was their own fault. And they don't have to shell out the upfront money or the upfront cost for those leads. So I kind of subsidize their leads and we don't take an additional split for that because it's still cost effective for us. So those are pretty much the two biggest things. The other thing is, again, every realtor wants to be an investor. So I tell them, hey, if you're looking to learn how to flip properties, build new construction, purchase large real estate portfolios, just build a small portfolio of 10 properties. I can help you do that. I'll dedicate my time to do that. I've recorded trainings. I run at least a quarterly training on how to purchase properties, seller financed, how we've done it, how to analyze a deal, what's a good deal, at least from our perspective, what to look at, what to look for. And I always make it clear to them, you're going to hear me say that. And then you're going to go talk to a guy that'll tell you to only buy trailer parks. There's so much different information out there, but it's helpful for them because a lot of people aren't sharing that information. And a lot of real estate brokers are not as diversified. And a lot of times real estate brokers are not also the owner of the company. In some states they are, but in some cases, especially larger companies, it's someone that's paid a salary to kind of manage the brokerage. So they get to interact with me and I think it's very helpful. So let's talk about the 120 units, all seller finance deals. You said you're good at finding them and making them attractive to us sellers. What's the best way to find them and what's the best two or three talking points to make it attractive to the sellers? Sure. What I do always is I try to pitch a quick exit strategy for the seller. So what I'll do is I'll usually just kind of go on LoopNet or Crexy. Crexy is probably my favorite website. It's, it's easy to submit a letter of intent. And I'm kind of doing a mass LOI submission. I'm looking at What's the cap rate, which is probably bullshit, but what's the cap rate they have up there? What's the sales price and how many units do they have? So I like to buy 26 units just for laws of averages purposes. And I like to buy it at nine cap and up and preferably things that if it's a single family portfolio, obviously not a value add because that doesn't really add to the value. Yep. Although I've seen a yep. lot of them really trying to advertise that way. <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't help. It's not a value add. You're just throwing money. Maybe you increase the market value. So that's what I'll do. I'll just find properties that kind of meet that low criteria, you know, more than 26 units, higher than a 9% cap rate and ones that don't necessarily need renovations. So what I'm doing is I'm getting them to 100% seller finance them. So I'll buy them. I'll roughly run through some numbers, look at some market values and figure out if I purchase this portfolio, what would leave me with 25% equity in the property? And then I'm going to write an offer based on that number. So if it was a million dollars, I'd write the offer for 750000 And I would stay firm on that price. But then I would add a bunch of additional contingencies in there. So I'd say I'm going to do full inspections, mortgage contingency. I need 90 days for the initial close. And then maybe I'll say I need you to hold the seller finance note for five years. Now, of course, I'm not going to do that. But they're always going to counter me on price. And normally I counter them back and say, look, I price is the price. And here's why, here's the value. And here's what I'm trying to do. And I'm doing this to protect your seller because I want to be able to get the seller out of this as quickly as I can and get him his money. And the best way to do that is to buy at a 25% discount, which is any other investor who pays cash is going to want a 35, 40% discount. So it's usually in their best interest anyway. Mm -hmm. So once I do that, usually the agent calls me, tells me I'm nuts for writing a hundred percent seller <laughs> finance deal. That's usually the next step. And then I explain it that, Hey, look, 
how many properties do you own? Well, I don't own any properties. Okay, well, we have 400 that we're doing this way and it works and it's attractive to a lot of sellers. So just be open-minded and pitch it. Just another way to close the deal. And all we do then is we have this seller finance loan. Maybe we hold it for 90 days and we refinance out of it because we already know where the market values are going to come in. So we know it's going to appraise for a million. We can get 75% loan to value. And then we pay off the seller and everyone goes on their own ways. The coolest thing about our structure is we're obviously collecting a real estate commission. We're getting paid on the mortgage side and we're getting paid on the title side. Mm -hmm. So we're recouping most of our costs. I think you said that you don't need renovations. It's a nine cap and at least 26 units, right? You said those three things. Why not just get financing out of the gate? I always tell them right up front, I don't want to put down 25, 30%. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to go through the extra scrutiny. Purchase deal has a lot more scrutiny than a performing refinance. One thing about refinancing a property is even if it's seller financed, if you can show performance on the note, you're good to go. Plus it gives us a few extra months to get a better understanding of the books, stabilize some things. Cause a lot of times if someone agrees to this type of structure, they're usually not uh, sophisticated sellers. They're probably a guy that built a really nice portfolio and they cash flow really good, but he's probably self-managing. He's taken a lot of cash. The books just aren't on the up and up that a bank wants to see. Mm -hmm. So it gives us time to go in there and stabilize those things. Maybe make some renovations to increase the market value if we have to get some tenants out that we need to get rid of. And that's why we like to buy in red states because there are chances where when they're self-managing, they know these people, they feel bad for them. They start cutting deals. And next thing you know, it's six months later and he still hasn't paid his rent, but he's gonna, they keep telling him he's gonna pay, he's gonna pay. So we have to go in and get a professional management company. And that transition can just take time from self-managed to professional, or even from professional that sucks to professional that's really good. That can take even more time. So that's happened to us a few times. Thanks for walking through that process and how you position it to them and also the back and forth that inevitably will happen with their agent that's representing them. So I asked also how to find them and you said two things, Crexi, so C-R-E-X-I and also LoopNet. Are those the two primary sources you've used to close deals? Yeah, that's it. I actually, the only website I've ever closed a deal off of was actually Crexi. Sometimes there's off-market opportunities, but to be honest, sometimes those get so convoluted, especially in Philadelphia. I'll find a property and I'll look it up and it's on the MLS for a million. But by the time the six wholesalers who are selling it got done with it, the final <laughs> price is like 1.6 and I'm not going to deal with them. We're going to go straight to the broker. But then I find out the broker's also a wholesaler. So I get frustrated with those type of deals. And a lot of times those are the smaller deals, but 36 units and up or 26 units and up, you're usually dealing with a large commercial firm who won't deal with wholesalers and you just kind of get a more direct approach. And a lot of times these commercial brokers have seen crazy structures like this. And a lot of times they're really not blown away, especially in the single family world, because single family, all of these properties were acquired in some creative fashion. A lot of times these sellers will be like, ah, it's really cool. I haven't seen this in forever. That's actually how I bought most of my properties. <laughs> so it's always cool to hear that. Yep. Taking a step back, based on your experience, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? My best advice, and I just ran a training in the office for this, is just get out there and do something. Everyone's always wondering, how do I jump into real estate? What do I have to do to get started? Where do I start? Let me research this. Let me talk to this. Let me go to this course. And it's like, how many courses are you going to go to before you finally do it? 
I started the real estate company, the title company, the mortgage company, Allstate, and I bought my first 73 units in one shot without ever having done that before without any mentors. I'm not saying that's the right way to do it. I took a lot of freaking hits, but I did it. And there's thousands of people out there still thinking about doing it. So I think just getting out there and taking that action is so crucial. And if someone gives you information like this and tells you that it's possible, just go out there and try it. There's nothing that can go wrong. I have a friend right now who is a contractor in Iraq. And I was speaking to him today because he's buying a property here in Philadelphia. And he's like, yeah, I got a portfolio. I heard your podcast on Brad Lee's show, Dropping Bombs. So I went and got a portfolio under contract in Iowa. And I was like, see, that's perfect. That's someone who listened. They're like, okay, wait, I don't know everything, but I can figure this out. Mm -hmm. And he called me and said, hey, the lender's asking for this. What do I do? And I guided him through that process. So yeah, you're not going to know everything, but there's people out there that I'll ask. And if someone were to DM me, uh, I don't even know my Instagram name. I think it's Joseph C. McCabe on Instagram. I'll respond if they have a question. So usually I'll even give them a call. So I'm always willing to help people like that. We're there's plenty of money to go around. I agree. We live in a world of abundance. Yeah. We're going to go and do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, go to BEC20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference, BEC20.com. The Corporate Investor Podcast is geared towards successful corporate employees with high-income jobs looking to create a second stream of income. You'll hear from successful real estate investors on the show as they describe how they got started investing while working their full-time corporate job. Listen and subscribe at thecorporateinvestor.com. That's thecorporateinvestor.com. What's a deal or business transaction that you've lost the most amount of money on? Actually, my first two, and this is why I have a minimum unit rule. I will never buy less than 16 units as my actual minimum. I bought two duplexes on my first deal when I first got into real estate and you lose one tenant and then next thing you know, all four are leaving too. It's like, you can't make that payment on your own when you're just starting out selling real estate and everything else. So my first two duplexes that I bought in not the best area in Philadelphia, luckily I was able to sell them and make some money, but that only helped me recoup the monthly payments that I had to shell out. When the dust settled, what was the result of the dollars out? Oh, I probably still lost two or three grand on that. And that's where I said, you know what, worst case scenario, even if you are buying in a bad area, at least have more units and increase your chances of not having that problem. Best ever way you like to give back to the community? Right now, we do a lot of stuff for police, fire, and military since I'm a veteran. My partner on most of these real estate deals is a Philadelphia cop and my whole family's cops. So any way that you can give back to the police, fire, and military community, we do that all the time, sponsoring events in Philadelphia. And then also, I like to give back to other realtors and other people I think that sometimes we forget that police and fire, they all stick together. So does the military and sometimes real estate, everyone focuses on this competition that really doesn't exist. And I like to help everybody out and I'll pick up the phone for anybody and guide you through your real estate career and see how I can help. So I love to shoot back for other people in the industry and help them out. And how can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing and get in touch with you? They can reach out to me on Instagram, Joseph C. McCabe, M-C-C-A-B-E, or they can shoot me an email, Joe. J-O-E at homefrontloansplural.com or go to one of our websites. You'll see stuff on there. I also have a podcast and I've been on a lot of other podcasts on Brad Lee's podcast, Dropping Bombs. We talked about 
all the mortgage stuff. And then on Pat Hyben's podcast specifically, we talked about a little bit more about how we bought these properties. So my information's out there in multiple places and I'd be happy to share it. Well, Joe, thanks for being on the show talking about the 120 unit portfolio, the seller financing, how you're finding them, and then also how you're positioning that to the seller and the seller's representative, the real estate agent, as well as how you've grown the business and the different ancillary income streams that you have. And also thank you for your service, sir. Really appreciate that. So really enjoyed our conversation. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. The Corporate Investor Podcast is geared towards successful corporate employees with high income jobs looking to create a second stream of income. You'll hear from successful real estate investors on the show as they describe how they got started investing while working their full-time corporate job. Listen and subscribe at thecorporateinvestor.com. That's thecorporateinvestor.com.